Question. What's crazier? A Spider-Man movie without Spider-Man or a teenage movie without any teenagers? We went from 2018's Venom to 1978's Grease here on the box office time machine. Toot toot. <laughs> it's a train. to our second episode of Box Office Time Machine, dear only listener. <laughs> to the one. Oh, you're just talking. Oh, it's, it's Corey in the room. Okay. <laughs> I assume no one outside this room has heard this podcast. <laughs> um, welcome, no one, apparently. Uh, I am John Bershan. I am Veronica, last name withheld. Really? I don't know. <laughs> no, sure. I'm Veronica Yurovsky. Okay, good. Good. And this is uh, the box office time machine in which we suffer through the newest, uh, the hottest movie of the weekend and then go back in time to watch the hottest movie of that weekend in a previous decade. Ooh, does it sound like something you might enjoy, listener? <laughs> oh, this is a commercial for the show. Okay, good. I thought we were actually doing the show. Oh, no, we totally are. This is super professional. This okay, is okay. how the show starts. Okay. All right. <laughs> so our movie, like, our new movie of the week is uh, 2018's Venom. <laughs> it is, uh, as John indicated, a Spider-Man movie, Missing a Spider-Man. Uh, so do we want to do, like, the takes first and then go through the plot? Or do you want to do a thumbs up, thumbs down? Well, or just do dive a, right into us, it? Give us a, a little... What, what is this? Give us a, a little All right. run through of what this thingy is. Well, guys, uh, strap in, because this is going to be a wild synopsis. But Eddie Brock is a one-man sort of, like, vice piece, I guess. He, like, he does these, like... Very like rough uh, community reporting, I think. He reads out of his notebook the entire time while doing very aggressive uh, journalism. It's he cool see- that he reads his notes the whole time, like uh-huh. a, like an open micing stand up. <laughs> <laughs> he also checks his phone to see like how he does on time. Uh, so yeah, Eddie Brock, uh, crusading journalist uh, of the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, he wants for his next piece to interview basically the Elon Musk of that universe, uh, Carlton Drake. Carlton Drake. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, but the night before, he finds a secret document on his girlfriend's computer. Fiance. Oh, that's true. Yes. Fiance. Well. They're affianced. Uh, Her name is Anne. And she's a lawyer of company never heard the name of. <laughs> I don't think they ever say where she works. But she is a lawyer. She is representing Carlton Drake, who is an evil man, it turns out. Yes. So while he has, like, all these 
uh, seemingly on the outside noble intents of curing cancer and also go to space. Uh, <laughs> he um, uh, he is actually researching how to graft onto humans these symbiotes that he brings from other planets all in the hopes that one of them could actually allow man to live on a distant planet. Yeah, this is funny. This is um uh, so this is our second official episode. Uh, but we did a trial episode before uh, the last one. No, and- John, it's a secret. <laughs> and in the trial episode, we watched The Predator. So if you count The Predator, this is the second movie we've watched in two episodes that takes it as a granted that Earth is going to die in the next couple decades and aliens are just coming down to pick up the leftovers. Well, I mean, not to get too political. But it's true! But it's true! Uh, all right, so... Uh, Eddie basically ambushes... Oh, I guess we didn't say what he finds out on his girlfriend's computer. It's okay. I don't think uh, we need this much He finds out synopsis. some secrets. He confronts uh, Carlton Drake uh, with that information, promptly gets fired from his job, is sort of lives in a drunken stupor for six months. Then uh, one of uh, Drake's employees contacts him... Uh, about Drake's nefarious experiments and gets him to sneak into the lab. And I guess I'm, it's not entirely clear what she wants him to She wants do. him to expose uh, the malpractices and evil tests done by Carlton Drake. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, then uh, Eddie gets, gets in contact with the symbiote himself. He gets envenomed. Turns out he's a match, and then he and Venom work together or work against each other. Who knows? Ooh, whose side is Venom the <laughs> alien on? And uh, action and hijinks are happen. It's a big old blockbuster. There's, a, um, as is frequently the case in these, a bigger, eviler Venom that they fight. Uh, a lot His of stuff name happens. Is Riot. Riot, yes. Riot the Venom. Um, but yeah, you know, this is fun. This is, uh, so we have done. This is our second episode, and previously we saw the new movies together. Right. Um, tonight we both saw them separately. Uh, we uh, don't like each other. We don't. Yeah. Between <laughs> the last episode, we turned on one another. Um, this is fun. I do not, unlike the previous times, I do not know how you feel about the movie at all. I'm a close book. Um, so let's do uh, uh, on the count of three. Let's say a letter grade. Okay. Oh. Oh. Okay. This will be fun. This will be fun. All right. All right. All right. Three, Three, two, two one. one. B, B minus. Oh! I didn't know we were allowed minuses or pluses. Oh, okay, okay. But um, I, th- I think I would have still gotten B, though. Yeah, I... <laughs> this... I did not hate this. I didn't hate it at all. I was delighted by it. I... Well, that, you know what? I was going through it, and I was like, this is fine. This is this is fine. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it. Uh, uh, some of the action sequences are fun. Tom Hardy, who plays Eddie Brock, is going bonkers. He is... Is that a choice? I thought that he was basically <laughs> playing him high and or drunk the whole time. <laughs> like, Who knows? There was not a sober moment. Not that I was judging it, but that was such an interesting choice. I... <laughs> Having having seen this movie directly after watching Bradley Cooper and The Star Is Born, I would say this is this seemed like a more realistic depiction of a uh, 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 an alcoholic than that movie. <laughs> but um, uh, 
But yeah, no, I <laughs> I enjoyed it. Ex- then about 70% of the way through, mm-hmm. I saw glimpses of the much better movie this could have been. Mm-hmm. And I realized, so at the beginning, I'm like, oh, this is just The Mask. Down mm-hmm. to some of the shots, like him fighting a <laughs> crazy uh, long hair heavy meddler in his apartment. Oh, yeah. To him diving out a window in almost an identical shot from uh, from the Jim Carrey movie, <laughs> The Mask. Um, but then, then finally, uh, Venom develops a personality. And his personality is basically that of a shitty 13-year-old Venom comics fan. (laughs) And if they had had that from way earlier in the movie, I would have loved this so much more. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely agree. I, I mean, I think to me, like, this movie did, like, a bunch of stuff, right? Like, a bunch of shit that I usually hate in comic book movies didn't happen here. Or, like, in movies in general, to be honest. And, uh... But yeah, it does seem like we sort of find out like Venom's deal like very, very late in the game. Like before then, he is just like sort of like, I don't know, like an inner monologue, but like a very like curt one. He only like speaks in one word sentences and it's not very clear. Like, is he good? Does he have a personality? What is he? Is he like... Yeah, I imagine if you were watching The Mask and then 75% of the way through the wooden mask that Jim Carrey's character, uh, Stanley Ipkiss. Um, yeah, for, I remember that, but I forget the names of like people I know in my real life all the time. Um, well, they're not named Stanley <laughs> Ipkiss. <laughs> it's a better name. It's a better name. Um, imagine if 75% of the way through The Mask, the mask itself was like, well, we've been developing a good relationship, Stanley. <laughs> it's like, wait, I might have enjoyed we it. have? Um, but it, it, like, so it feels like the mask, but then it ends like Terminator 2, and not just because of the uh, don't kill people kind of rule that they kind of impose, but oh. it ends on the on the relationship that, that Eddie has built with Venom. Uh-huh. And I feel like we didn't really get to see that. And the bits and pieces. So the first time I saw it was when uh, when Venom tells him he doesn't want to go back to his planet because on his home planet Venom's a loser yeah, like that you was are. So good. <laughs> and then shortly after that, Venom's like Venom's like, oh, that bigger Venom is Riot. He's got shit you wouldn't believe. And I was like, whoa, who is this character we haven't met so far? And that's also right after uh, spoiler, we get to see sexy lady Venom. Oh yeah, that was so fun. I. See, that was so good. And I, <laughs> I also, there's another joke, I think it comes earlier, when they, like, um, they break into the office of, like, the big, like, TV show producer uh, to leave evidence. And he's like, jump out the window. He's like, yes! no. And then there's, like, a very perfect cut. There's, like a, like, a second of silence. And then he goes, like, loser. No, he calls him a pussy. Pussy. It's even, it Venom is a shitty 13-year-old boy. And it's so funny. Yeah, it's great. But yeah. we, God, I wish we had gotten more of that. So the movie, the, the if you've seen the trailer, there's a scene where um, Venom attacks a, a robber in a convenience store. And he has the line, you'll be like a turd in the wind. Which, when I saw that first trailer, I was like, what the fuck? But that is Venom's personality. And if that's, that scene is actually the very last scene of the movie, right. not counting post credit scenes. Um, and scenes like that should have been sooner. I think if, uh, like, when, when Venom doesn't start saying more than just, Rudford, you're with me. 
come on. He doesn't start saying, like, actual, like, here's what I want, here's my deal, until it really feels like 60% of the way through the movie. Yeah, until, like, basically the third act. And, and again, the movie's fine. The movie is very enjoyable. I was having a good time. But I loved stupid, shitty Venom. And the instant he appeared, I was like, oh, why weren't we getting this guy for so much longer? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, yeah, I, I think the only way... I was trying to think of how you do that. Like, they set up a lot in the beginning. I think you just cut. So you got it in Veronica's description, but Eddie Brock has to go to, uh, uh, it's Riz Ahmed plays the villain, uh, the uh, uh, Carlton Drake. He has to go there twice because Jenny Slate brings him back. And I think if you just had it be only one, one trip there, mm-hmm. it would have been, I don't know, we just could have gotten to him dealing with Venom, you know, 15 minutes sooner. Yeah, that's true. I think, like, you keep waiting for him to become envenomed. Because, like, there's also sort of the subplot of how Riot comes to Yeah, this movie kills a little girl and makes a point of casting the most adorable little girl possible. Also, like, out of the 50s. She's, like, wearing, like, this frilly dress and, like, white socks to her knee. And she has, like, these, like, her hair is very, like, well brushed and everything. And like, there are a number of points where this movie shows hints of being a much funnier movie that it like it that it is at times. I think <laughs> this is insane. I'm talking about Venom, the <laughs> the Sony <laughs> Spider-Man movie without the rights to Spider-Man, and I genuinely think this could have been like a <laughs> I don't want to say a classic, but it's something if it just had like if those parts had just been given a little more room to to breathe. Yeah, I wonder I mean, sometimes I wonder in cases like that whether the screenplay was actually funnier to begin with. Maybe those were their all of their funny bits. Like no. maybe they didn't have anything else. I mean, I don't know cuz like uh, there are, it would definitely have been better if we knew sort of the the tone of that relationship earlier. And I feel like they would get a lot more out of it. Well, it's funny. They, they are very clearly pacing out the reveals of what Venom looks like. Mm-hmm. So for the first few minutes, he's like just kind of one word. And then it's like, oh, then you'll get a tentacle. And then you'll get a little more. And then you'll just see a reflection. And I appreciate that. But since the movie in the last quarter wants to be basically a weirdo buddy movie, I think we just need to, we don't, it's a buddy movie where we don't meet half of the buddy relationship until 50% through the movie. Right. No, I agree. Can I tell you another thing that I really enjoyed in this movie? How it was actually like well-structured for a movie, like in terms of plot. Like, everything was clear. Everyone's motives were clear. They weren't, like, too complicated. Not that, like, oh, can't follow, but rather it's just, like, it doesn't matter in the end, so just have it be, like, simple and easy. Everyone had a goal. Everyone were sort of reasonable people. Yeah. Like, uh, so I guess, spoiler alert, May breaks up with Eddie, and she starts dating Dr. Dan. Who also you plays? You mean Anne? Yeah. Oh, Michelle Williams plays. Yeah, Anne. Doctor Anne. Did I oh, call no, her not Mary? Doctor Schiller. You I'm said sorry. May. May. Why? Aunt May. You really want Spider Man to be in this Spider Man movie? Oh my God, I don't. <laughs> uh, but like, so she starts dating this Dan dude, Doctor Dan, who's also Dan on Veep. 
and yes, he can only play characters. He can only dance. play his dance. That's his curse. Yeah, I, I uh, finish what you're saying. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. So, and they he like comes to them afterwards, and he's sick. And instead of like every like movie, I guess like the lazy way that they would do it, and I've seen it a million times. They would like not believe him and be jerks to him. Only like we all know they're gonna help eventually. So just mm-hmm. like let's get to it. And like they were like, yeah, we're gonna help you. We're gonna figure out what's wrong with you. Not that they believe him about Venom, but they're like, okay, this man is in peril. Yeah, Dan. <laughs> weirdly, this character of Dan is, I think, one of the best sides of this uh, movie made by people who <laughs> wanted to make something funny. He he's not an asshole. Yeah, he's incredibly nice and helpful. I don't know if he's a character from the comics or something. But he's also, like, it's that relationship is very funny because he believes that <laughs> there's just a, a horrible parasite yeah. that uh, that Eddie has gotten. Um, but I, the one weird thing, the only, so I feel like uh, this podcast is going to really lower our bar for what we find acceptable in movies. That's very true. I was thinking about that. As I was saying, like, this movie is well-structured. Well, yeah, I... But it is, like, you take that for granted. Unlike all the blockbusters we've watched recently, including uh, for this show, I did not sit there going, oh, huge chunks have been edited out of this movie. These scenes... The only time that I thought... The only thing that I thought was a little weird was it's six months later after this, uh, you know, kind of first act sequence. Um, and yet she is not only, uh, she was engaged, Uh Michelle Williams was engaged to Eddie. She dumps him. Six months later, she not only is dating someone else, he already has keys to her apartment. I mean, you gotta move fast and break stuff, right? I guess. (laughs) I guess. No, I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe that gives us that's not really a fault of the movie. That was me being like, wow, moving really fast and... Oh my god, is that like a personal thing seeping into the pot? <laughs> yes, my fears of commitment. Like, don't give that guy your keys. No, he might be a psycho. <laughs> um, I also really like the visual effects. Like, the way that they did, like, Venom. And, like, especially early on, those, like, symbiote things. Yeah. It looked super cool. Like, oh. it looked like a weird, like, stop motion, but, like, a higher quality stop motion. I liked it. I, it. It was pretty similar to how it looked in uh, Spider-Man 3, which, um, despite how clearly Sam Raimi did not want to include Venom in that movie, I thought the actual effects in that one were fine. Um, uh, but, yeah, what, one Who thing's funny. played Venom in that movie? Is Topher that, Grace. Topher Grace. That's the one I haven't seen. That's one. That, uh, the first sign of how they're going to make Eddie Brock into a hero and not an anti-hero like he is in the comics is that in the original comics, Eddie Brock is fired because he is a uh, a bad journalist. And in this, he's fired because he's too good of a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. You care too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I thought it's funny. I, I think it's funny that they... After the first teaser trailer came out, they re-edited it clearly so no one says symbiote anymore. What do they say? Symbiote. Symbiote? Symbiote. Okay. Um, In the original teaser, Jenny Slate said symbiote, and all of her lines have been (laughs) re-edited to say symbiote. I would love for that to be like her entire ADR session, just like (laughs) saying that word. Well, how? (laughs) imagine you made this movie, and it comes out, and you release release the teaser. It's the big thing, your big promotional push, and all anyone can talk about is how you're pronouncing the fucking word symbiote. (laughs) All everyone. I mean, Dr. Twitter was... A gog. <laughs> uh, but that was, uh, if you guys didn't didn't catch the pre-release promotion, that was a big thing. In the original teaser, she said symbiote. 
Um, and I noticed She's we never saw a close-up of anyone's mouth saying the word in this movie. So I don't know if they had to go back and re-edit and every... And actually, <laughs> every time they did, their mouths were blurry. Um, and someone else's mouth appeared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like an like old Conan, Conan thing. thing. <laughs> and they sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was a really weird choice, but I appreciate it. Like, you know, the weird choices are the fun ones. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, there were things I, I didn't love. Like I said, I, I think it, it would have been genuinely close to great if we had really met this shitty character of Venom earlier. Shitty in the best way. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, also, I like... A lot of these movies, like the early, you know, Iron Man and uh, the Incredible Hulk one with Edward Norton, this ends with just two CG characters fighting. Oh, yeah. uh, up until like Black Panther of of this year, and while there's some interesting stuff in that, especially in that Venom and the villain character, it is like all the voiceover dialogue is like two thirteen year olds fighting. Which yeah, it's is like funny. maybe they recorded like their kids playing like with their headsets on Twitch, or like they went on Twitch and they're like, "What would those people say?" Yeah, I, <laughs> I want more of <laughs> Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, but Mister Hyde is just like a gamer. It's it, <laughs> Venom talked as if you were like if you ever play like a multiplayer video game online, if you play like Call of Duty and put the headphones on and instantly it's just a bunch of thirteen year olds being like, "You fucking pussy." Um, I'm not familiar with that experience. <laughs> but, uh, uh, um, uh, but yeah, no, so that end battle scene was pretty damn boring. I did like, and maybe again, that's like the, what's the expression? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I, I was going to say something about like, not to sort of overrate it due to competence, but like, yeah. I like the idea that like, you could actually tell them apart. Even though they were very similar, you yeah. could, like, tell apart, like, who's, like, is what. And, like, maybe it's because I'm a kid of the 90s, but I do really enjoy their stupid character designs. Yeah, no, I I know very little. I I don't like Spider-Man at all, so I just, like, I never, oh, that's like... A, that's something to delve into, but okay. I mean... It's just like he's boring. What's so interesting about Spider-Man? He's a kid who lives with his aunt. Like, how? Like, wow, that is, what is that is deeply reductive. I mean, what is like? I don't know. Ugh, what is this fucking Hamlet? He's just some guy who lives with his stepfather. <laughs> well, as discussed off pod, I'm, I guess not. Also, a huge fan of Shakespeare, but. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. It Which just, is going to piss off uh, listeners more? Are you shitting on Peter Parker or Shakespeare? Well, listener, please write and tell us. <laughs> uh, no, I just, like, so I guess my main thing is, like, what is, like, why is he a spider? Like... <laughs> like, oh. what, why is... I mean, okay, that that is a dumb question, but, like... I, I just, I don't see any symbolism there that I can, like, get into. It just seems like literally, like, a kid who lives with his aunt and, like... Why is he a spider? 
I mean, I know that he's a spider if because he gets bitten by a spider. If that's well, how far you could get into a superhero story before you are stopped. I understand why Bruce Wayne is Batman. I don't understand why, or why, like, you know, Clark Kent is Superman or whatever. But it's unclear <laughs> as to why he is a Spider-Man. Not to preview our, our next segment, but that that is some um, why do people sing in musicals type. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, uh, I just okay. Explain to me why, like, why do people find Spider-Man special? Oh my God! Um, it's just like the most basic thing. Why? Because he's why? Um, because he's a regular guy, and because uh, becoming a superhero does not solve his problems; it just highlights their problems. But isn't that every superhero? Uh, no, not really, especially not at the time when he was created. I guess, but we are not living in that time anymore. He is a regular guy, and his and he, mo- more than any of the other characters, perfectly matches superhero comics as soap opera, because he is, um, he has uh, dating problems as Peter Parker, he becomes a superhero, uh, he has dating problems as Spider-Man, he has money problems as Peter Parker, oh, and now he has money problems fixing his suit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, that's why people like him, I guess. Also, he's got a good character design, and it's fun to imagine swinging around New York. I guess. I don't know. And he goes, Fwip! Fwip! <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was a derail ended. Oh. Well, let's move back. Speaking of uh, uh, characters from comics. So, yeah, there are parts in this movie that are insane and fun, including the absurd mid-credit sequence in which Woody Harrelson wears <laughs> the goofiest fucking wig so I was I've ever you, seen. Is this a person I'm supposed to know? IMDb says that his name is, I guess, spoiler alert? I don't know. Uh, Cletus Cassidy? Who is Cletus Cassidy? He is Carnage. With a K? Is it Carnage? No, just see. Okay. Uh, That's why his last line was something like... Um, uh, when I get out, there will be Carnage. Oh, that's right. He did say that. And I thought to myself, there's no way his name is Carnage. And I guess carnage. his name is Carnage. I was like, oh, <laughs> they wouldn't be that on the nose. But that scene is played so silly and dumb that it's like, oh, please tell me that the tone of like, because there's going to be a Venom 2 because this is now its second week at number one. Hey, I would see it. <laughs> if it if it did the tone of that, I'm hoping, I really, more than anything, this makes me think like, oh yeah, I can watch a second one of this. Fucking Woody Harrelson chewing scenery. Yeah. Get Michelle Williams doing more sexy Venom, Lady Venom. Like, I'm fucking all in and just have like Venom, <laughs> he's calling people a pussy in his ridiculous Venom voice. It was, re- so, uh, I also like the part, the Woody Harrelson scene, because it was introduced like a Silence of the Lambs. Like yeah. the scene where like he's uh, she, uh, Clarice is walking to see like Hannibal Lecter for the first time. It was like written like that. And I was like, <gasps> I for a second, I was like, is Hannibal Lecter in this? You thought <laughs> this movie was going to cross over with Thomas Harris's yes. Hannibal universe? Yeah, <laughs> the Hannibal universe. Which version of Hannibal Lecter did you expect? Oh, that's a great question. I guess it would have to be like Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, not the, not uh, Brian Cox from Manhunter? Brian Cox. He's still alive, right? He is. He could do it. He well, they all it. are. They all are. <laughs> what if it was like like four? I don't know. The kid who played Hannibal Rising might have died. I have no idea who that oh, was. Oh, yeah. I mean, drug overdose. Very oh, if he's actually dead, I'm sorry. I'll feel bad. But no. I'm not going to look it up when this is done, so. 
You're not even going to look it up. Well, this podcast isn't about Hannibal. It's about Venom. And after this quick break, it's also about Grease. Boy. And we're back. And don't worry. Hannibal Rising star Gaspard Uliel is alive and currently the face of Chanel's male fragrance. Ooh, sexy. <laughs> Très sexy. But this, we're not here to talk about that. But instead, the year 1971. A couple of gents. 78. I'm getting there. Oh, no. Okay. I'm doing backstory. All right, I'm sorry. Hold on. <laughs> The year is 1971. A couple of gents named Jacobs and Casey write a musical named Grease. Uh, This is a show, an raunchy R-rated comedy about a group of uh, Italian and Polish teenagers in the suburbs outside of Chicago in the 1950s. Jump forward a few years, they move the show to off-Broadway, eliminate all the Chicago references, as well as, for whatever reason, the Polish last names. They also take out a lot of the dirtier jokes. Move forward a few more years, that musical's a success, getting a bunch of Tony nominations. Also, 50s nostalgia is in heavy swing. Happy Days is on TV. American Graffiti is tearing up the movie theaters. It is time for Grease to head to the big screen. With a bunch more changes, many of them to incorporate leading actress Olivia Newton-John and explain her Australian accent, we have a movie that would be be a hit. A huge hit. So, <laughs> Don't know what voice I'm doing. Was this your plot synopsis of the movie we that saw? Was, that was the backstory, which we'll get into. Uh, uh, I, I think it's interesting stuff to talk about. But yes, Grease is the story of a bunch of teenagers in the 1950s. It takes place in a world where the coolest thing in high school is to have matching jackets with your friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this world of Rydell High, the T-Birds and the Pink Ladies are kind of the punky greaser kids of the school and they don't they don't like the preps and the jocks and what have you but what they do like is singing the leader of the t-birds danny had a summer romance with sandy Sandy. an australian lady um she uh in a crazy coincidence um is going uh, uh transfers to their school they meet up but now danny who was a sweetheart during the summer can't act like a sweetheart because he'd be embarrassed in front of his cool guy greaser friends. Will they stay together? Will supporting characters Rizzo, Kanicki, Frenchie, and so on find love and I careers? I so on finds love. <laughs> um, you probably know, because this is a vastly successful popular movie. I, I, I'll say the here... Um, Veronica, we usually, uh, usually, in the two episodes we've done, end the podcast by asking if we think uh, these movies have stood the test of time. I think that's obvious here. Um, most of the people listening to this podcast will know the lyrics to every song in this movie. So I think I'll start with a, a different question. Why do you think this movie has stood the test of time? Uh, oh, that's a better question that I did not prepare for. Thank you, John, <laughs> for ambushing me with this question. Um, why is it so popular? I don't know. I saw it for the first time when it came back to theaters in like 98, I think. It was like the 20th anniversary. Um, And I was delighted. (laughs) Uh, So 
I bet some of it could be that just like new generations discover it at like a younger age and they sort of like take it along with them. I can't imagine anyone who was seen it for the first time as an adult like would be get like a, any delight out of it. Yeah. Perhaps maybe, but like I saw it with my mom and she was not impressed. Uh. Uh, I mean, she kind of liked it, but like it wasn't uh, like a transformative experience for her as it has been for me. So I think it's like... I think it's probably that. I think that people find it when they're young and those people sort of like keep that flame alive. I, I think it's really interesting. So um, I, I brought up the backstory because like the musical initially was written for adults looking back at their high school years. In fact, um, I don't know if the current productions do because the, the theater productions have changed over and over again to become closer and closer to the movie. But at least the original productions began at the high school reunion oh, with that would be characters so 10 years no. later in, uh, <laughs> talking about how great high school was. Then we flash back. Um, as they took out a lot of the raunch, this movie stopped being a story for adults, then became a story for adult, uh, for teenagers currently in high school. And then I think as the years have gone on, this is much more a movie for kids pre-high school. Oh, yeah. It's, it's an aspirational movie, which I don't think the, the musical certainly was ever intended. Um, a lot of the satire has been stripped away. Um, yeah, I was actually going to mention that fact. Is that, like... I think the most, like, at any point in my life that I loved sort of, like, high school shows and movies was before I was in high school. Like, I, like, a few years ago, I rewatched a bunch of, like, Beverly Hills 90210 episodes, and I was like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) But, like, at the time, I was wrapped. Like, I, like, would not leave the house when it was on because I had to, like, see the next episode. There's a very important time in in your development where you stop, uh, where uh, young children stop being interested in stories that are specifically about them. Like, very young children only watch stuff about kids their ages. And then there's a... dogs. And cute dogs. Uh, And then there's a point where they want to see stuff about older kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, Teenage, you know, middle schoolers want to see stuff about teenagers. Teenagers want to see stuff about college. And then college kids, uh, you want to watch some fucking weird shit while you get high, dude. Well, I think it is that. Because, like, I feel like anyone who has experienced high school cannot possibly respond to this movie on, like, that level. Because, like, it's so unrealistic yeah. obviously well it's so weird so first off I, w- I will say i think um the music in greece is truly wonderful and yeah. i think that's one of the main reasons it's why it's lasted delight. so long yeah. um but it's funny so they did greece live uh, last year I think oh i saw year. like 10 minutes yeah it was of one of these um that was on fox and they did they do the live show and it was uh, um the the actual like uh, uh production was pretty amazing the way they had all the sets um but that's I think always it, an impressive yeah. thing with those I think it ran into the problem that Grease, the stage musical, is (laughs) super boring. Even though they've tried to move it away, uh, move it close to the movie, um, I don't know a ton about the original, original production, but I feel like a lot of the dirty jokes and and the more, like, satirical comedy stuff, nostalgic stuff, was its reason for being at the time. And the stage musical, well, first off, it's an ensemble piece. Um, and there's still some remnants here, but the movie very heavily decided that Danny and Sandy are the leads. Which Although is... at 
as adult, as an adult, I think there's a certain point, if you watch this movie as a kid, you will eventually realize, oh no, Rizzo's the lead of this movie. She is the only human being in a sea of cartoon characters, <laughs> which sounds nightmarish, but might be what it was like to live in a repressive 1950s society. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but so, yeah, so the movie really heavily focuses on John Travolta, who is, you know, um, is this is in his like dancing post Saturday Night Fever Prime, also post Welcome B- uh, Back Cotter Prime, uh, like some of his you know some of his physical comedy. He's genuinely very funny in this he movie. He is funny and he dances so fucking well. Like yes. he is such. I don't know. I every time he's dancing, I was like wrapped. I was like I, looking at like the way that he moves. He was great. And I'll say this. The dude looks very handsome in this movie. Oh, His fir- that first shot yes. when he turns around, not in the uh, the prologue, when he turns around, that's a handsome dude. And I say that, and now I, I <laughs> hope I also have liberty to say, like, Livy Newton-John, smoke show in this movie. Oh, she's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, everyone smoke is... Smoke show? Is that a term is I use? A smoke show. <laughs> so she makes you gag. I don't know. Uh, but no, yeah, she... Uh, Girl, she, you make me want to cough until I pass <laughs> out. All these characters, all these actors do look definitely out of their teens. Oh, yeah. As which, I was watching this, I, I posed uh, a thought experiment to... Uh, to my boyfriend about how we should watch this as if like these are these characters are in high school mm-hmm. but they are the age of the actors yes so like it was it made me so happy pretending that like it's all like 30 year olds who like are taking remedial classes for the past <laughs> 10 years it, I, it was and there was even a line at one point that marty goes Oh, I'm gonna be so old when I graduate high school. And I was like, yes. <laughs> there is, there's a few parts where, um, uh, uh, for the most part, like you go with the the fucking joke of it that these are teenagers. But there are a few lines that sound so weird coming out of the mouths of clearly adults in their twenties up into thirties. The ones that really stood out to me was Fr- Frenchie saying. The only man a girl can trust is her daddy. Oh, yeah. You know what you need? A sleepover at my house. <laughs> <laughs> then later, when uh, Kaniki's condom breaks, and he uh, explains that it's because he bought it in the seventh grade. <laughs> which, how old was Jeff Conway in this movie? I don't know, 55. <laughs> 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 well, there's uh, also every time they're confronted with like an authority figure, mm-hmm. like every time they get berated by the principal or like the gym teacher like and they're supposed to like act like cowed by them in any way i'm like you guys are 36 (laughs) (laughs) like the dude who plays sunny Sunny. is like 40 without like a hyperbole (laughs) like there's some insanely like brazen casting in this movie in terms of age like uh, the Pockmark dude, what's his name? Scarface. Sne- Scarface? Is, is that really his name? Craterface. 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 But didn't he have like a different name? No, it was just Craterface. Anyway, I'm sure I've seen he, this movie yeah. a thousand times and I still don't know <laughs> half of the names. But like that man has been through stuff. He's not 18. Yeah. So, um, so this is, unlike some of the movies we watch on this, uh, a movie we both saw years and years ago, and now we're seeing again. I have not seen it in a while. Uh, did anything really stand out to you watching it uh, uh, now as a, as a grown person? 
Um, I know, and I noticed this as well during the the Grease Live on Fox, but the uh, Vince Fontaine tries to have sex with a teenage girl storyline oh, yeah. and apparently tries to date rape her. That's an odd storyline. Yeah, but it's it played for laughs. It is played for laughs. You think you had it bad? I caught Vince Fontaine putting a, what is he, what did she say? A, a, uh. Oh, I don't remember. Um, she has a line. It's right after uh, Rizzo uh, reveals she may be pregnant. Don't worry, that works out. She's just not. <laughs> uh, uh, but she says, uh, uh, "Not, not a um, what's like a, a pain reliever." Quaalude. No. Tylenol. Like, Please. like a Tylenol. What's the one that starts with A? Aspirin. Aspirin. Oh. She says, "I caught Vince Fontaine trying to put an aspirin in my punch." Oh God, <laughs> that's dark. <laughs> yeah, but it's played very quickly. <laughs> um, that comes right after, right before my favorite shot in the movie, the uh, the rumor mill. Uh, oh yeah, the... it's so well choreographed. And before my favorite song, which is Sandy. Oh Sandy, I think we should end like when we end the podcast this episode. We should sing a song. We should sing <laughs> no a song. No one wants that. <laughs> Well, they can turn it off. I'm singing a song from Venom. Venom! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, Well, let's see what stood out for me. Um, Let's see. I really... Uh, do you mean like in terms of like morals, like that kind no, of things stuff? You, like that? Things you noticed that you hadn't in the past. Well, I didn't know Rizzo's first name until this. Oh, in a very sad. Her her storyline is just. <laughs> well, then again, I mean, Frenchie's storyline also very sad. Yeah, like that was very real to me. Like, yeah, you're gonna drop out and you're gonna do this job, and okay, if you're not, then you might be a waitress, and then like, yeah, this other woman who just like gets knocked up everyone just like spreads rumors about her that was just very mean in the opening scenes i was really like god rissa's such a negative character she's such a jerk for no reason she has a reason but as it went on i was like oh she's in a bad mood because she is an actual human being a fully realized three-dimensional character stuck in a cartoon (laughs) and her life is miserable i don't know if it's stocker channing's performance but like she's the only one who reads as a human and not that not to diss everyone else but it's like everyone else seems like this very goofy character oh yeah and i just like genuinely felt bad for rizzo the whole movie yeah, I think, like, she probably has, like, the most modern concerns, like, out of all the characters, I would yeah. say. So I think maybe that's why she resonates better. Uh, I- another thing I noticed a lot is, like, the extras in a lot of <laughs> shots. Not even necessarily. So, like, in the dance shots, you could see a lot of just, like, random people who prior to the musical number beginning were just, like, milling in the background. And once people started to sing, all of a sudden they like have, like, amazing coordinated th- things going on so that was nice but there were also just like people in the backgrounds of like other scenes just doing like weird stuff and it was very funny yeah it seems like everyone on the set was having a good time yeah it was it was very good it's all the musical numbers are super fun uh but uh to go back a second to like the characters i don't know i think like like i never before realized how despite uh the great performances like Danny and Sandy feel like supporting characters in an ensemble piece that have been blown up to be leads because there's really like nothing to them. And well, the, the biggest thing to me is like their first reunion scene where she gets she is offended so quickly. And he's just like, <laughs> but also like it is weird. Like, why is he acting like that? Well, it's like, you know, they're both crazy. It is like I that was like the one thing like that. I kind of, I guess, like understood like from the screenplay. But now I sort of doubt it is like, why is he even mean to her to begin with? Like, 
getting together with a girl is like a stated goal for all of them for the rest of the like the other scenes that it's, where he's not with Sandy. It's very strange. Like, like why? Do the T-Birds hate women so much that if he even for a moment said I'm happy to see you, Sandy. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. This woman that he just sang a fucking song about how great it was spending time with her. To be fair, spending time making out with her, dude. Getting down in the sand. Get I down believe. in the sand. But like, um, but yeah, no. But but she reacts in a way that she knows what's happening. Like, all he says at first is he goes, he goes, Sandy. And he goes high pitched in that great Travolta way. Sandy. Sandy. And then she's like, oh, I, f- I forget. She asked him a question. He's like, oh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but And then she, just from that, she instantly goes, why are you acting like this? Well, maybe she knew the plot of the movie. It does, but it's just like they seem to be playing on such a like kind of stagey like oh for sure yeah uh, cartoon world and then Rizzo is just so like yeah oh what that am was I the nastiest Rizzo was I think at that moment <laughs> she was like she had like such a like grin on her face I wonder what happened between them well there, there yeah there's clearly something. like Rizzo's yeah. definitely in love with Danny. Yeah. That's something I don't really remember from uh, seeing this as a kid. She's definitely in love with Danny. She's stuck with Kanicki, who fucking sucks. He's such an idiot. (laughs) Man, Grease Lightning, there's so much work in that choreography. And then half of it is just them lifting up hair products so people can twist their hair in circles. Or, like, giving him, like, dice so that he can roll them in the air. (laughs) There's a part where where, uh, Travolta jumps up with saran wrap, waving it around. And it's like, did you guys run out of cool props? Yeah, like that. What was that? Why? Why? <laughs> also, like, it's, yeah, that was weird. I also, like, I mean, I know it's sort of well known that, like, Grease Lighting has, like, dirty lyrics, but, like, they're very dirty. I think yeah. they're, like, always surprised by, like, how dirty. Well, there they is, are. I mean, this, it's such a, f- a weird thing because this, this show has been, um, has been so diluted diluted there is the g-rated version i performed in a version of this at my summer camp what is when the i was PG like PG version of the chicks will cream oh it's i'm like i forget the exact thing but yeah you absolutely the don't chicks, say, will, chicks will scream oh that's easy the chicks will scream the chicks will dream just scream chicks will scream no one's creaming grease light night i don't night, believe night. you say pussy wagon either in that version yeah she's a real pussy it's wagon. a real late little chicky wagon i don't know what it is this is like seriously like what is the band that uh sings me so horny who <laughs> me so horny what two live crew two live crew this is like two life crew <laughs> level of like dirty lyrics like the, i don't know it just like has zero subtlety about it it's just like which does it i i feel like the only things that to me feel like they are straight from the original show is like the announcements from the um uh, uh from the principal um, which are, are pretty nice. funny. Like at one point, she's mentioning a song, which just flipping through Wikipedia, I didn't realize was a, a song. And the original, the original show has a song just about mooning. Mooning. Um, so then there's that that announcement, oh, very like... funny, about the FBI is going to be analyzing your butts. <laughs> that was so silly. <laughs> like, also, can we just, by the way, say that uh, those three guys had no reason to switch their jackets. <laughs> Like, that was such a dumb move. When do they switch their jackets? So, like, right before they're about to moon the cameras, they, like, switch jackets among them. And it's like, (laughs) why? It's still you three, even if they can't, like, assign the jacket to the man. The FBI is going to figure it out, dude. Oh, man. I hope they have the best and brightest. Um, 
but yeah, it was really funny, like, reading about the original show, like, I read, like, so the ending that people always, that people always um, talk about, the fact that uh, Sandy, it's a show about Sandy's got a, like, about becoming a, quote, slut to, to impress a guy, like, at the time, apparently, the original show, that was designed as, like, a subversion of movies from, like, the 50s, where, like, you know, the rebel, like, I don't know, some James Dean character has to become sensitive, is taught to be, like, you know, sensitive by some girl, so instead, this is a story about a sensitive girl that's taught to be shitty by a guy, (laughs) um, like, so it was, like, supposed to be, like, a joke, I guess. subversive. It's other things like um, We Go Together, which is a crazy song of gibberish works. That in the show, that that's a reprise because they're talking about going to the date. Um, oh, good. That, they're going without dates to the dance. The well, that, I, like, I don't know, maybe in the music. So I remember I saw the Broadway revival, like the 94 Broadway revival. So it would have been like seven uh, prime time to see Greece. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. This is yeah. a show written for what can what are some other examples of things that are very clearly written for adults and then find their best audience with straight up children. Very clearly written for adults? That's Originally it. conceived for adults. Uh I mean there's stuff like, you know, Robocop had a children's TV show, stuff like that. Like children's what? Car- Oh yeah, dude. There was what? a Robocop children's car- Saturday morning cartoon. There was like a uh, Toxic Avenger Saturday morning cartoon. That is amazing. Toxic Avenger, a movie in which um, a blind woman is attempted raped, uh, has her clothes ripped off, and then the rapists shoot her seeing eye dog with a shotgun. And this is all played as a joke. That oh, was wow. turned into a children's cartoon. That is, a- I mean, I guess Clerks had a cartoon. That's like, but that wasn't for children. And even yeah. like, I, I think Ghostbusters. Clearly- Maybe. That's a, that's a good pick. But I think that was always designed for... Yeah, I don't know. It just feels yeah, I like can't, the I mean, main audience for Greece is very much now children. I, I mean, I guess I have more like examples from TV. The aforementioned yeah. 90210. That's like very much... I don't think anyone in high school or beyond watched that. Well, maybe that's what makes this work so well is that... It what like maybe that's what children want to see because it it's not was not originally designed for adults and then a lot of the really objectionable material was taken out. However, enough was left in that while the kids can just enjoy it on a surface level of these very catchy songs, these incredibly charming performances, the great dancing, whatever, um, uh, uh, there's also just enough for them to be like, oh, this feels. Mm-hmm. This feels adult or something. Yeah. Finn I mean, Fontaine's going to rape that child. <laughs> well, that's the stuff you gloss over. That's the thing that uh, I... Yeah, so I haven't seen this movie in a while, uh, but I am a proud owner of the soundtrack, so I have heard <laughs> the songs many times. But um, What's your favorite song? Uh, that's a good question. I guess I really like Hopelessly Devoted to You and Look at Me, I'm Sandra D. Now, appara- it was one magical sleepover. I apparently, like hopeless uh, in the original show, hopelessly devoted to you is a Rizzo song. Oh, wow. I might, I might have I, misread that. I would I have liked to have heard that. Yeah, I mean, like San- Sandy and Danny just aren't the stars of the show. Danny's just like a a, a doofus who joins a track team to fuck a lady. Yeah. Oh, that was so silly. Like this. Oh, man, that that sports montage goes on forever. He also like it is like as if he has never like functioned in society, like not understanding how basketball works. <laughs> that you're supposed to dribble. <laughs> but I I enjoyed a lot of that. It just went on way too long. No, I mean, Sid is very funny. Just the coach. I just like also how like John Travolta like his cool man walk. He's, Another thing I no. liked about John Travolta is his Tommy was so laugh. 
Like every time he like he had he did like the cool laugh, it was like ha ha ha. It was like a very Tommy was so. Oh hi, Kaniki. Yeah. Oh hi, Kaniki. <laughs> um, Sandy, you're tearing me apart. <laughs> I mean, that is basically that is Sandy. This song, Sandy, you could do it. Oh, do a room musical. Oh, Sandy. But... <laughs> Oh, darling, Lisa. <laughs> Can't you see? I'll be the bizarre. Our room only has pictures of spoons. <laughs> Where will ever I be? Oh, it's a great project. Our Someone neighbor <laughs> is old, but he plays a teenager and he's There's another connection to drugs. Bum, bum. There's another connection. 30-year-old um, teenagers. I mean, I would not put it past Tommy Wiseau to draw some inspiration from America's greatest. I think I I think I had I had a I used to have a joke I'd tell it was uh that was like um uh I'm I'm turning 30 and yeah, I'm turning 30 and it's really bumming me out that I'm only uh that I can only play a, a teenager in Greece uh for 10 more years. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Um uh, I had another question for you. Please ask me another if question. If you were to put your uh, fortune teller hat, and then I have a question that would require you to take off the hat, but keep okay. it on for now. Okay. As you answer the question, who do you think of the couple survives? Who do you think? <laughs> who do you think it still has a life together? Okay. Uh, well, I think Rizzo uh, gets preg does get pregnant. Kaniki, Kaniki, and Rizzo get married unhappily. Oh yeah, that well, falls apart do... in two years tops. This is much funner. Let's do the you know like in any other like more modern high school movie, there would be like freeze frames of yearbooks <laughs> that would tell you like what they did with their lives. Um, well, I do like I. <laughs> I did like. There's some very funny stuff, like at the end where they're saying who they're all, who they all could be in the the principal's announcement. She's like, one of you could be just like Vice President Richard Nixon. Oh yeah, that's that's the thing to aspire to. I love. I mean, that's like such a hokey joke. I'm sure it was very funny in 1978. Well, yeah, but that's like the thing. You sort of like you realize that it's in 78, and now he's like you know been impeached whatnot but like i i like that sort of like a reference like yeah. to the history it's funny it's fun to think about it's fun to separate this movie from like sleepover slumber party audiences of children and be like oh what was this like for like adults yeah of the time um but yeah what was your question oh, okay danny and sandy uh well they rocket into space on their space car um, they go to planet Neptune, and while no, there... they go from planet transsexual. Oh, <laughs> oh, you think... So, you, do you, do you, are you, um, do you believe that in your, in your head, they are two of just the guests that we see during the, oh, uh... 100%. There's no, I'm, I'm not sure about the chronology of it, and if it's <laughs> wrong, then it's still right, even though it's wrong. But I think like Rocky Horror owes a lot to Grease. Like, well, you know, it's it's canon that uh, uh, Janet is a cousin of Patty Simcox. Is that true? No, but it'd be fun oh if it was. Oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> no, but like it is like there's so many. I guess like 
I don't know. Just like I feel like they do exist in the same universe. I I think it's very possible of just like movies that it's fun to watch at a slumber party in uh, middle school. Let's let's imagine that all slumber party middle school slumber party movies exist in the same universe. So I'm talking Grease. I'm talking Rocky Horror. I'm talking the Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> I'm talking Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Uh, They're all in the same universe. I love the Pet Detective. Or no, hold on. When Nature Calls is the second one. Oh, you prefer When Nature Calls. That's the second one? It's the one where he's born out of a rhino. Oh, fuck yeah. I, I love that movie so much. I, I used to watch Ace Ventura so many times. Clueless. Right. Okay, so that was... Uh, that was Grace. So, I, in my opinion, I think... Who lived? Uh, I think oh. uh, Frenchie and her beau stay together. Who is she dating? What's that guy's name? Uh, he's dating the younger Sonny. <laughs> yes! The one who's not Sonny... Uh, he's not as goony as Sonny. He's not the blonde guy. You know, that one. Uh, I believe his name is... The one whose deal is a, to be a virgin. Putsy. 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 Yes, Frenchie and Putsy, but she wasn't even... Well, actually, no, she appears in the second one. He does not, so... Whoa, trouble in the marriage? Okay. Yeah, well, he, he falls in love with that dog that he's seen with at the end. <laughs> um, so I think... Uh, I So I think we already answered the question. Clearly, this movie... Will uh, has stood the test of time. Like I believe it will continue. I don't think there's anything particularly dated in this. I mean, there's nothing in it that's more dated than it already was. Yeah, I feel like yeah. There's nothing like um, I'm trying to think of an example. I mean, like uh, the one, just the one that's jumping out to mind. Not that this movie was standing the test of time really to begin with, but like the Revenge of the Nerds hilarious uh, uh, rape scene. Um, like there's nothing like that in this movie just like I made jokes about the Vince Fontaine thing but it you it's small enough that you could ignore it right and it is you know uh it's not the hero perpetrating a crime (laughs) but um I I don't think there's anything that is going to ban this from the current canon I think this is slumber party ready for for years to come uh so but so let's move to to Venom will Venom Venom, number one for the second weekend in a row. Will Venom become slumber party fodder of the future? Oh my gosh. I don't think it's slumber party fodder right now. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I guess, are they going to keep making these movies? That is my actual question. Because like, so I guess if we can talk about the background of it, Mm -hmm. this is a movie that is produced by 20th Century Fox. They gave the money for it, but the creative force behind it is the Marvel I don't know how how much the Marvel creative was there. Yeah, I don't... I I I, guess that was the understanding before, is that, like, their deal was the Marvel is going to produce those movies, so they get... So Marvel gets to dictate the direction. Well, no, of the they were going to produce. They were going to produce the Spider-Man movies, like uh, the Homecoming okay. and the upcoming Away from Home or whatever, Far oh, from Home. Homecoming and Away from Home. Yeah, it's oh. Spider-Man colon Homecoming. Why? Why is he a Because <laughs> uh, current blockbusters are terrified to use numbers for some reason. Well, that was also a thing. The that Predator. I appreciate- Halloween. So the th- another thing I appreciate about the Venom stuff is that it is a self-contained story. Like, there is, like, you know, more to come, obviously, in the future. But, like, some of these, like, Marvel, like, cinematic universe movies feel just, like, chapters. Have you watched any of the movies with Tom Holland's Spider-Man in them? 
I saw Civil War. War. I, I was sitting there going, could I see that character hanging out with this character, fighting him or whatever? And I don't know. Like, this takes place in such a weird universe that's very different from the very deliberate tone of those movies. And I want this movie to become more of what it almost is. So I want it to be, I want any sequels to be weirder and dumber. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, also, like, if you assume that Spider-Man is in fact a teenager, him being beat up by, like, an adult man is oh, like... beat up by Michael Keaton in the last one. I know, that's terrible. Like, You're like, right. Oh, These literal supervillains really are jerks. They are. No, he's a child. Wait for him to get... <laughs> Older. Um, but I am very curious because this movie made like when this movie made a ton of money the both weekends before I saw it today. I was like, oh, are they gonna have to find a way to get him into the Tom Holland movies? And now I I don't I don't know. I I'm very curious to see what they do. Yeah. Do they have just like a one scene? I think they could get Tom Holland to do a cameo in the next one, but they don't have. Uh, they don't have um, Eddie Brock appear in the Spider-Man movies. I think it's similar to uh, Deadpool and X-Men, in which the X-Men cameo in the Deadpool movies, but not the other way around. Only I'm much more interested in in these movies than any of those. Um, But yeah, uh, uh, cool. So... Oh, can we do a countdown? Let's do a countdown. countdown. You you had this idea. Present this segment idea. All right. My segment idea is that we do a countdown. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so, and I think but we'll do it. I mean, we can play it by ear, so don't hold us to it, listener. But uh, <laughs> I will come up with one this week, and perhaps John would be inclined to come up with one next week. And to be clear, you told me we were doing this right before the show. That's why I volunteered to do the countdown. Oh, I did. Oh, you're you're gonna do? I thought you were gonna. It was your choice of a countdown. Oh, well. Oh, so you don't want my brilliant choices that I made up while in the five minutes before we did this? Well, I guess we could do that. You know what? You do your countdown. I might share share mine. Okay. Quickly yeah, at the end. I'll do my top five, and then you can dispute. All right. Cool. So, the top five is drum roll. Do you want me to say? <laughs> no, I just I just wanted this to be very long. Uh, so our countdown is the top five best high school dances in movies. Very cool. So I suppose you could guess why. It's because of that high school dance movie scene in Venom. Yep, it's the best it's part. The best part of Venom. From the way we've described it, it's possible. I, I would I would not have objected to no, that. No, we are talking more about the inspired more by the hand jive scene. Although Veronica born also was born a hand jive. Baby. Although Veronica also suggested we could do a top five of gelatinous creatures. Yeah. Gelatin like fun gelatinous creatures. <laughs> Other candidates included Alex Mack from the Secret World of Alex Mack. Not a movie. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. It could be Yeah. In the world of entertainment and beyond. Top five if, movies with a sexy lady Venom. <laughs> if you have sexy lady Venoms in your life, in real life, they could be included in <laughs> All this right. countdown. Let's hear your high school dances. All right. So they're in a very highly scientific order. Okay. So it, this is very well thought out. Uh, okay. Number five. Back to the Future. Oh, yeah! You know, it's that that scene where Marty McFly teaches Chuck Berry. <laughs> yep, yep. How to play Johnny Be Good. 
Very good stuff. Number four. <laughs> I'm John refuses to participate in a drum roll. We're doing a drum roll for each one. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, mean Girls. Hell yeah. I like Mean Girls. It's okay. a great movie. And she also is able to tear apart a tiara in a very, like, in a way that allows her to give a thing to every person she wants to give the thing to. <laughs> oh, yeah, I It's almost that. like a Hanukkah miracle. <laughs> All right. Number three. Not another teen movie. <laughs> okay. I, I just, I, I think that movie is really good, even though it probably didn't age well. Uh, <laughs> but I like their sort of like take on how insanely well choreographed dance scenes are in high school movies. Good, good. All right, good. number two. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh, yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to dance to some Weird Sisters hits? <laughs> the Weird Sisters, including Johnny Greenwood and Jarvis Coker. Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. Wait, he was in that movie? Yeah. Like, in the... Also, he pronounces it Coker, not Cocker? I don't know. Huh. I guess I just pronounced it for the first time. All right. But, yeah, so, like, in the movie, they're played by Johnny Greenwood, Jarvis Coker, Phil Selway of Radiohead, and I forget who the other guitarist is, but it's pretty weird and great. I did not know It's, that. like, the best of, like, British 90s <laughs> <laughs> music. Right. And number one... Grease! Wow. I, I do genuinely think that like the the high school dance scene in Greece is so well coordinated, so well done. Like the whole thing, not just like the part where uh Danny and Sandy dance. I think it's all just like full of energy and has like just like great great timing. Uh it's really, really great. All right. You want you want my quick quick ones that I came up with outside yes. in, in three minutes. So this is a list that I have put zero thought into. Yes. It was just me remembering movies that had uh, uh, high school dances. All right, number five, Idle Hands. What is that? Idle Hands <laughs> is a feature-length exploration of the evil hands scene from Evil Dead 2, oh boy. starring Devin Sawa, <gasps> Seth Green, Whoa. Eldon Henson. Was that his name? Um, and uh, uh, Jessica Alba Ooh. and in the high school dance first off it's a Halloween dance and they got a spooky jack lantern on the wall and everyone's wearing costumes and then <laughs> the band playing is the offspring and they're playing Ramones covers Ooh. and then Dexter from the offspring is killed by a hand <laughs> oh boy <laughs> um, number four uh, number four Virgin Suicide. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, they play uh, some good, uh, good music. I don't know, great music throughout the movie. I'm trying to remember what plays during that scene. Air. Uh, well, Air is playing <laughs> uh, definitely, but, um, but yeah, no, uh, they spend most of it under the bleachers. Um, it's a, a fun, dreamy scene like that entire movie. Um, number three. Carrie, everyone fucking oh, dies. That's not a good scene. Well, it's Would also it's like a full act. High school party. It's a full act. Wait, was that with top five high school dances you want to go to? I guess not. But that I don't want to go to the Idle Hands one either. A bunch of them died too. Oh, well, I would go to see that dude from Offspring die. All right, number two, Back to the Future. Yay! And number one, come on, obviously it's got to be It's a Wonderful Life. 
They fall uh, into a pool. That is a good one, too. I consider that one, too. Uh, well, that's what I thought of in, in five minutes. So in an hour, when I think of, like, my favorite movie of all time, although that does not have a, a high school dance in it. What is your favorite movie of all time? Maybe we'll get to it. You know what? It's only the second episode of the show. I'm not going to reveal that yet. Oh, yeah. You you want to dole out that information. Uh, I'll it. give a hint. I'll give a hint. Uh, and the hint this week is that it does not feature a high school dance. Whoa. <laughs> I hope we do this podcast long enough to, to find out. Yeah. <laughs> By process of elimination. Yeah, it's going to be the guess who of John's favorite movie. <laughs> All right. So that was, uh, uh, this was um, the second week of October, it 2018 was. and tw- uh, 1978. Um, now, next we will be doing the fourth week of October because uh-huh. we are every other week. Yes. And what are our options for the number one movie? So the number one movie of the week following next, or the candidates would be Hunter Killer indivisible and johnny english suspiria is also released but in limited release um well we are not in england so i doubt it will be a johnny english sequel um as much as i love rowan atkinson i just somehow i doubt the 10 year later sequel to that franchise will be number one so this is my so my guesses previously have been wrong when the last podcast i guessed that <laughs> stars born would beat venom and i was dead wrong <laughs> um, and I've seen both of those movies, and Venom is way better. <laughs> well, can I make maybe your options easier or harder? I don't know. Well, it could uh, also be Halloween. Yeah, so, also so the movies Halloween that... is coming out next week, yep. as does They Hate You, The Letter Give. Mm-hmm. So those are other options. Mm-hmm. Or do you so... think Venom is going to cruise to a four-weekend-in-a-row streak? Uh, the Hate You Give, that is, uh, that's like a YA adaptation. It um, is, John, we all know that. But it does not have any fantasy elements. While it may do well, I don't see it one. Uh, Venom, I find it hard to believe will make it that far. I find it more likely that, like, uh, is, is, uh, Star is Born fully wide yet? Yeah. Okay, I'm not it's gonna, been I'm not gonna bet while, on that John. shitty, <laughs> bet on that shitty horse again. Um, well, then you know what? Oh, God. Well, I guess it depends. If Halloween... Uh, I feel like horror movies usually get their first weekend, that big hit. Right. Uh, I don't know anything about those... He's opening. Well, so I don't know what, Hunter, what Killer? Hunter Killer is, but I just saw it on IMDb, and under genre, it says Submarine. <laughs> Okay. You know, the famous submarine <laughs> genre. What is, what is Indivisible? I believe Hunter Killer is another movie where uh, Gerard Butler needs to rescue a person, a leader of some stature from something. So okay. my guess would be a submarine. <laughs> Just uh, crossovering with the other movie from that weekend? And Indivisible, I believe, is the sequel to Angelina Jolie's directed Unbreakable. Really? Yeah. Or is it Unbroken? Unbroken. So Speaking of sequels to Unbreakable, is, is Glass, when's that coming out? January. Oh, okay. Um, I guess I'm going to have to guess. God, I don't... I, those feel huge. I like I literally haven't even thought, heard of them. Um, so I'm You gonna, haven't thought of Johnny English 3? <laughs> I, Strikes again? I didn't even realize they were doing another sequel to Johnny English until... 
Uh, I, you know, I'd be happily surprised if I get to see a Rowan Atkinson movie. I think I am always in this podcast going to guess the movie that I already have plans to see, so that I hopefully uh, get knock that off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Halloween. Halloween remains number one. I'm gonna say Halloween has two weekends at number one. Ooh. Wait, uh, what else is coming out next week? Uh, yeah, so it was Halloween and The Hate You Give were the wide ones. So those are the wide own. ones? Wide release ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. What's your guess? Uh, I don't know. I might go with Johnny English. Those movies have an audience. Oh, those, they do gangbusters who's overseas. Who's not me. I've yeah. never seen them, but I've I heard that they all do the same. So the been, first one and the, the second one. one made the same amount opening weekend. But was that overseas or in America? Overseas, so far, this one made like $86 million. I, yeah, I th- it feels like they're only like kind of perfunctorily releasing it here. But then again, I, yeah, don't, I don't know. know. I'm, my finger's off the fucking pulse of... Mr. Bean. <laughs> uh, well, never. Never off the pulse of Mr. Bean. Although, I, it's, I have not watched one of the 800 animated specials they've done. What? That's a thing? Yeah, there's animated Mr. Bean. Most Isn't of it's just like, reenactments of the Doesn't it defeat the purpose of Mr. Bean? Wasn't that the whole point was that he was a live man who was going through this? It stuff? is more for, it's more for younger children. I think Mr. Bean kind of was. That's why it makes it's for everyone, no matter what language you speak. This is yeah. becoming a Mr. Here's Bean Here's a Veronica podcast. fun fact. Okay. Our teacher used to play it in like... If we ever got subs or whatever, they would put on Mr. Bean for us. Mr. Bean's so, fucking great. Uh, so I watch plenty of Mr. Bean um, in elementary school. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. What is any? I, sadly, all I know about The Hate You Give is that the screenwriter just died very young. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll be that. Is that coming out that weekend? Or is it's that the out next same weekend. weekend as Halloween. I don't fucking know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. All I know is we won't be watching Night School again. Oh, thank God. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's say our famous sign-off that we say every episode. Oh. uh, Don't block the broccoli. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>